Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today we're going to share a story of somebody who struggled with the 5K challenge and came out on top. And then I'm going to explain that whether you like it or not, we're a lot more like the Israelites than we might like to admit. And joining me for those stories and much more is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been a good week so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tour de France season. It's USA Championship season. So <sighs> yeah, everything like I like to watch and everything you like to watch. I know. I, my problem is I'm I'm losing sleep. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm so okay. So how long do the U.S. Championships go on? Only four days. Okay. During those four days, I was up late every night. You know me. I'm not a, I'm not a late night guy. I go to bed early. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it's been tough on me. But how's the tour going? It's going good. I'm not following it as close as maybe I have in previous years. We got a, a lot of irons in the fire right now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's going good. I catch the highlights. Yeah. But you know, the cool thing nowadays is... If you if you wait till the next morning, there's like a thirty minute highlight reel because it's tough to sit around and watch. I mean, hardly very few people can sit around and watch five hours, right? Every single day for thirty days. Yeah. Uh, so they've boiled it down to like a thirty minute, and we'll watch that some in the afternoons, but it's from the previous day, so you got to stay off social media and try yeah. not to watch or. But, uh, well, I'll go in there and I'll, I'll start it at near the beginning, kind of see what's going on. I'll fast forward it about 20 minutes in and see if anybody has a breakaway. Yeah. And then I'll fast forward another hour, you know, <laughs> I'll just catch it a little bit as we go. And then, uh, of course, you know, the last 20K or sure. 10K, depending on whether it's a mountain stage or not. And, uh, that's about the way I try to watch it when I do. Yeah. So, yeah. um, saw a really interesting one, which we'll talk about here a little bit. Um, and the USA championships, they were intriguing, not spectacular, mm-hmm. but very, some interesting storylines that came out of that. And we'll talk about some of those as well. But let us talk about a Facebook post that we had this week from Pamela Bishop. She said, I just finished a seven mile run. Six months ago, I could not imagine myself running that far without stopping. But with the temps going up and the miles stretching farther, I decided today would be the day I carry water and try fueling mid-run. The brief internet search I did last night revealed that there is no one way to fuel or hydrate during a run. The one thing they agreed on was hydration and fueling take practice. A lot of experimentation and trial and error will refine what works best for each runner. For today, I wore a hydration belt that holds two 8-ounce water bottles. Um, that was a belt I bought 10 years ago, apparently, and apparently cell phones have grown in size since then because my phone did not fit in the pocket. <laughs> For fueling, I ate fun-sized pack of Skittles at the halfway point of my run. I ended up eating the whole pack at once because they started melting in my hand. Not the best strategy, but it worked, and I definitely felt a pick-me-up for the second half. What are your go-to hydration and fueling tricks? I am excited to try new things. So I think it's, I've never heard of Skittles, but it sounds like an excellent idea. Because, you know, Skittles are, they got the sugar, 
that you yeah. need a lot of times. They've got that tartness that really yeah. jolts you. But yeah, I mean, she's she's dead on that. There's no one way. Yeah, you know, I I do certain things on longer things or you know longer efforts that won't work for some people. It may not work yeah. for you, and you do things that probably yeah. wouldn't work for me. Um, so it's very individualized, kind of like yeah. shoes. Yeah, you know, you, you don't trust what or not. Don't trust. Don't rely on what other people do to determine what you do because it is very, very different. Yep, yep. I, well, you know, I have never carried water with me on any run ever, no matter where I was. I've never carried water. And mm. so, I mean, I've run 100,000 miles. I've never carried a water bottle anywhere. And yeah. so a lot of people think, well, that's crazy. You're, you, but for me, that's okay. Again, it's different for everybody. Sure. And I always make sure if I am doing a long run, if I'm going to be out there for more than an hour and a half, I always make sure there's a place I can stop yeah. along the way. It's not that you don't drink water. That's right. It's just you're not carrying it. Exactly. Right. Now, I don't drink water on any run. Well, I say I don't. Sometimes I do, depending on what I'm doing. But um, I usually don't drink anything less than an hour. I yeah. usually don't drink water. So I have a funny story about water. Um, this has been years ago. and it's when It's actually when Holly and I were training for the Disney Marathon, which was long before Run for God. And um, we were running with a lady. I won't say who it is because she'll kill me. Um, <laughs> but we were running with a lady, and she was new to running. And Holly and I had planted water. We, I think we were doing a maybe a 12, 14-mile run. And we had planted water at City Hall yeah. downtown. We were running to my mother's house south of town. And we planted water, and we stopped to get water. And the lady that was with us said, what are y'all doing? I said, we're, we're getting some water. She said, well, that's cheating. I mean, she was one of those that was like, you can't do anything. And I said, look, you're going to wind up dead on the side of the road yeah. if you keep that mentality. And she, yeah. and since then, she, she right. drinks water and everything. But it's just she didn't know. Right. She thought that if you stopped, then it wasn't considered a run. And so I, I thought that was, and we, we got it. We still poke her about it even to this day. <laughs> well, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but you know about my first marathon? I was going to say that you got something similar. Yeah. yeah. My first marathon, I had never drank water in a race in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I had run up to a half marathon at that point, but had never run a marathon. And I, I, I went up to 20 miles in training runs and never drank anything. And so I just thought, you, you just don't drink stuff when what you go out and run. What are these water stops Yeah. For and I mean, I was, I was really young. <laughs> yeah. And I just, of course, I just ran by the water stops. So I thought, well, that's for the weak people. And, <laughs> and, uh, of course, the last 10K of that marathon was. You became the weak people. <laughs> yes. That was brutal. I, I, let me put it this way. It was so bad that I was walking with a finish line in sight. Mm. That's how bad it was. So, uh, yeah, I learned the hard way that it's important to drink water when sure. you when you run but good good memories good yeah. memories yeah yeah here's a good rule of thumb um if you're going to be out for an hour or more it's a good idea to have some hydration plan and that may be putting water out the night before a lot of people have done that I, i've done that myself mm-hmm. um or it, it means stopping by someplace where you can get some water or it maybe it's a two-loop run you know where you run by your house mm-hmm. and you go back out again whatever you can do or you run by your car a lot of people keep water in their car they'll run out they'll do you know they're doing a 15 mile run they'll run seven and a half miles stop by the car get something to drink or five miles and do three loops whatever um but an hour i think is a good rule of thumb if you're out there more than an hour you should drink water and 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 with that said it could depend on heat 
your fitness. I mean, you may need to do less than that. Right. So, right. um, There again, it's very, there's not a rule of thumb. And I like to say, if it's in the summertime, I like to say you shouldn't run for more than an hour without getting something to drink. Sure. Yeah. Uh, In the wintertime, you could probably get by with a little bit longer than that, but not too much longer than that. Now, as it it relates to fueling and eating, now she mentioned that she had this run and it made her feel better, and it will Mm -hmm. um, for sure. Uh, But also, it's good for your body to learn how to live without some of that too sometimes. So my... My point that I feel like I need to have something is about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. At about an hour and a half, and not saying I don't have anything before the hour and a half, but for an hour and a half run, right. um, then I'll, I'll take something probably every 40 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. is about my... And the reason there's no hard and fast rule is because there's, I guess the term is sweat rate. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm a moderate Sweater. There's some mm-hmm. people that don't hardly sweat at all. And then there's some people like, I'm, I'm just going to say his name, Kevin Roberts. Yeah. You know, a good friend of ours that, yeah. I mean, he can go out for a two mile run and wring his shirt out. Yeah. So if you have a sweat rate like Kevin, then it may behoove you to take on water a little bit sooner because you're yeah. losing it so much quicker. Yeah. So that's just a, so, sorry, Kevin, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> But listen, if you're going out there for a 30 minute run, you may feel like you right. want to have some water. Yeah. But you don't have to have that water. So, but if you want it, if you want there's it, there's nothing wrong with grabbing yeah, it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having it. Sure. But don't, don't feel like I'm going to die if I go out for a 30 minute run and I don't drink anything. But also don't feel like you're cheating. That's right. You're not <laughs> cheating. That's a good point. All right. Our trivia question from last week. It was, what is the highest grossing film about running of all time? Did you know it? I I assumed it, but I I think I said last week I did a quick Internet search and it wasn't completely obvious. But yeah, I mean, I assumed that just because of the age of it. I mean, it's a pretty old movie and and you hear it referred to a lot. Actually, Holly and I are watching a TV show um, that we're watching on Netflix or whatever. And they referenced Chariots of Fire just a few nights ago. Yeah. So it's, it's a widely known. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Chariots of Fire is not just a, it's not just a running niche movie. Sure. It was a movie that was pretty popular, popular. all across the board. So yeah. it's actually one of the more popular movies of all time mm-hmm. for anything, but it's, and the cool thing about Chariots of Fire being the highest grossing running film of all time is that it's also Focused around Christian principle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie is about Eric Little and a, another guy named Harold Abrahams. Um, both of them have purpose in their run. Eric Little is running for God, basically. He says, and, and this is what's, I love this quote. He said, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And that is a well-known quote. Yes. When I run, I feel his pleasure. You hear that a lot in the running community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. He continues that too, though, and he says, you will know as much of God and only as much of God as you are willing to put into practice. Isn't that a great quote? I never paid attention to the fact that comes directly after the that famous quote. Anyway, so, but Abraham's, he's running because... He's Jewish, and there's a lot of prejudice against Jewish people. 
and um, he's kind of running to overcome that prejudice towards Jews. Um, so it's a great movie. One guy's motivated by this positive thing of Christianity and 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 pleasing God, and the other one's motivated by this negative thing of overcoming the struggle of of uh, bigotry. And it's really really cool to to see the the interplay between the two because they both run the hundred meters, so they run against each other. Um, but they're both picked to represent Great Britain in the Olympics. And so they're going to the Olympics, and it's great, and they're both going to run the 100 meters, and then Harold Abrahams is also going to run the 200 meters. Well, what happens is on the boat, on the way over to the Olympics, they find out that the heats for the 100 meters is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric Little doesn't run on Sundays. He feels like it's dishonoring to God to run on Sundays, and so he um, – He's not, he refuses. He says, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, which is, which is great because here he is telling you how much, how much running means to him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's very clear about that. But then when it comes to running or God, he's very clear about that as well. And God comes first. And so anyway, what winds up happening is a teammate who's running another race, the 400 meters gives up his spot to, um, to Eric Little so that he'll have something to run. And he winds up running the 400 meters. And I won't go into any more detail because maybe you want to watch it and sure. see what happens. Um, but just in the end, both of these athletes kind of fulfill their purpose and then go on to other things and become great people afterwards. Um, Eric Little actually becomes a missionary. And so um, very, very cool, true story. It is a long movie. Mm-hmm. It's about three hours long. So it's you got to have some time. One of the cool things about this movie is it won several Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. This was back at a time when, you know, the, the, the movies that were nominated for Academy Awards were good movies. Were actually good movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, talked about that the other night. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, you don't even, you haven't even heard of them. Yeah. Most of them. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but they check off some boxes. Yeah. Um, but there's a number of Christian movies out there too that are really good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, our friend Dave Cristiano has a couple of movies that he put out. Uh, Remember the Goal and the Perfect Race. Now you were uh, in one of those, weren't you? I was in uh, the Perfect Race. Right. Several okay. of our girls, some of the high school girls and some of the college girls, were in that race. Actually, one of the college girls is actually on the movie poster. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty cool. There's a, the guy that's, a, that's the starter for the races. He bears a striking resemblance to me. Yeah. For some yeah. reason. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Debbie's also in it. Debbie is, uh, she's one of the officials in the race sitting at a, at a desk. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, but the movies also have a good message. And then, of course, I love Overcomer. Um, uh, mm. the, the Kendrick brothers just do a great job with their movies. Um, yeah. And, and if you look real close at the end of that movie, there's a run for God shirt. In that's there. right. Yeah. <laughs> right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, they, you know, they're the guys that did War Room, Facing the Giants, Courageous, Fireproof, Flywheel, yeah. all those, all those just great movies. And then, of course, you were a part of, uh, the Run the Race movie, right? As far as the, the rollout of that whole thing. Yeah. We, I mean, they reached out to us and asked us, this was the one that, Tim and Robbie Tebow produced and put it, and it's actually my favorite running movie. Just yeah. the storyline is is incredible. Um, but yeah, we got. I was actually talking about this just the other day. We, we were invited to the premiere um, to watch this movie, and I, you know, Holly and I, we were thinking, well, this is going to be some humongous theater, and you know, we might see Tim Tebow, and you know, but we get there is at the College Football Hall of Fame on the weekend of the Super Bowl. We get there and we walk in this tiny little theater and, you know, 
Dabo Sweeney's in there and Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow and Eddie George and all these giants yeah. of the faith. And I remember turning to Holly and saying, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, it was like literally 60 people. Yeah. And me, Holly, Lane, and Landon were four of those. And, yeah. But it was just really cool to to get to see kind of behind the scenes of th- those people that are, you know, larger than life to us a lot of times. They're just regular people, and they're great people. Yeah. Uh, especially Tebow and his wife. Um, just really down to earth. Yeah. You know, it's I actually saw a post. I'm going to get off on a rabbit trail, but a lady had posted that she was in an airport. Her and her husband were going on vacation. It was their first vacation after having kids. They've got a little girl, all the luggage. They're struggling getting off the plane. What just so happens, Tim Tebow's on that flight, and he grabs a lot of their bags and takes them all the way to wherever they're going. This lady posts, and it wasn't something Tim Tebow posted because, you know, he just, he don't do that. Right. He does all this, but this lady post, and it's gotten a lot of traction that, you know, this is, this is who these people are. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Run the Race is probably my favorite. Yeah. What's your favorite running movie? Um, man, it's hard to beat Chariots of Fire. I just, I I love the movie Chariots of Fire. There's Mm -hmm. so much to like about it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm partial to the perfect race because it was in it. So yeah, good acting you know, in that one. Right? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess I would have to say Chariots of Fire is my mm-hmm. favorite. But uh, but I, you know, the thing about the other movies is the message is better. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the things that Dave Cristiano does in his movies is. He makes sure the gospel is shared, the actual gospel message right. is shared, and um, and that's pretty cool. So yeah, and that's the case. That's that's another part of run the races. Yes, Tim Tebow really makes it a point. That's that right. The gospel is presented. That's right. And not that not that the other movies don't do that. It's just run the race, and Dave's movies are very intentional. Yes. About if you go and watch that movie, you're gonna. Be clearly presented with the gospel. Yeah. Like Overcomer, it's an incredible movie and it's, it's a very faith based movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's, it's, it's a great movie, but some of them are very, some of them are an evangelism tool. Yes. While some yeah, are, are just a great movie. Yep. And so, yeah. For sure. Well, I watched recently, there's some good non Christian running movies out there too. And I rewatched recently Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. And I didn't realize how good that movie was. The movie was made in the sixties. It's a black and white movie. And it's about a guy who it's just, he's a, he's kind of a young adult guy who just, he's in trouble all the time and he goes to prison. And he winds up running on this prison team against another group of people. And it's, uh, it's a, it's an interesting movie to watch. I don't think I've ever heard of that movie. Yeah. Pro- probably Is it not. on Netflix, you think? Uh, probably. Um, it's on something because yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Um, I sur- just searched for it and, and found it somewhere for free. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So loneliness, a long distance runner. Again, it's, it's not a Christian based movie. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's got a it's got a deeper deep meaning to it, and it's a, it's got an interesting ending to it. So hmm. I think I don't know this, but I think it was probably the first running movie ever made. Um, at least really? the first mainstream running movie ever made. What was Chariots of Fire made? It was made in the eighties. No, it was made in the eighties. I was thinking it was late seventies. Yeah, okay. no, it was in the eighties. 
Um, only this long distance runner was 20 years before that. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard-to-pronounce names and all. (laughs) In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access, so if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. So we're back, and Dean, I wanted to, to bring up something to our, our the people watching this. So I, I, we got an email the other day, and um, and, and I, I just I got a good chuckle out of it. The, the lady that sent it may not think it's funny, but I, I, I did. I got a chuckle out of it, so I'm not going to say any names. But I want to draw attention to something. Um, it was a an email from a lady, and she said... Um, I really wish there was another way to consume the podcast. She said, I, I watch the podcast. I love watching the podcast, but it's really dangerous to do this on my runs. And I'm scratching my head for a minute thinking, what in the world? Well, I got this picture in my head. Somebody is holding their phone out in front of them, watching the podcast while they're running. And I, I mean, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I really got amused by it, but my point in bringing this up is this is also a podcast. Right. So if you only consume what we do every week on the, the Run mm-hmm. for God page, there is another way. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you listen to, yeah. and go search Run for God, and you will find the Run for God podcast. And you don't have to watch it on your phone holding out in front of you. You can just put your phone in your pocket, put your earbuds in, and listen to it. So, um, And I'm not making fun because there's people out there that just really – I didn't know a lot about podcasts until just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, So just putting that out there that there is another way. You are correct. Running with your phone out in front of you is – Probably pretty dangerous. So don't do that. Yes. And just frankly, if it were up to me, um, I would rather not see me anyway. So exactly. You can say us both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have a face for radio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't you love underdog stories? I do. So we were talking about this before we talked a little bit about the Tour de France. And so Michael Woods. Won this stage of the Tour de France. You were talking about how he'll probably retire after this because he's. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. He won this stage of the Tour de France. It was a big mountaintop finish. Maybe the prettiest one I've ever seen. It was really, really cool to watch. Um, anyway, he's 36 years old. And the only reason he took up cycling because he was a runner mm-hmm. at one time. And this is why I bring this up because he was a runner and he was a great runner. He ran 357 for the mile. I mean, he was a fast runner. And his dream was to be a professional runner, to be in the Olympics one day and not be a cyclist. But now he's a Tour de France stage winner. Well, what wound up happening was he 
had a stress fracture, couldn't really get over it over time. And so he finally decided that, well, I'll try this cycling thing. Mm-hmm. Turns out pretty good at it. And so, yeah. Well, I well, love- what was funny about this guy, cause I, I watched the stage when I mean, he, he did it in commanding fashion too. Yeah. I mean, it was a really, one of those really steep. Yes. at the tour. It really kicked up at the end. But when they interviewed him after, you know, a lot of these stage winners of the tour, you know, they're, they're, a lot of times they're younger, but they also live the lifestyle of purebred cyclists. And some of them do have families, but it's not like, it's not like they're a family guy that's cycling. They're a cyclist who has a family. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. It's like he's already settled into dad role. Yeah. Yeah. And he just decided, I mean, the aura of it is he just decided to come do the Tour de France. I know that's not the case, but that's the aura that he gives off. Yeah. He's like, I'm just dad, and I come out here and, and won this, and I'm hanging it up after this. That's that's kind of the way he comes across. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just awesome to see somebody like him. Because even the commentators, you know, because he was like almost two minutes back yeah. when they started the climb. Yeah. And it's like, well, this Michael's coming. Michael, oh, well, there he is. You know, yeah. it's like the commentators were like, yeah. "Wow, this is pretty." We didn't see this coming. Yeah, yeah. So, Which, yeah. by the way, let me just say this: the 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 guys, the commentators on the Tour de France, second to none. There's nobody better in any sport anywhere. Right. Period. Those guys are jam up. So. Well, and you you kind of have to be when you're doing it for. Six hours a day for I guess 30 so. days straight. Yeah. And, but if you, I've heard, um, what is the main guy's name? Phil Liggett. Yeah, Phil. He does other things and I've heard him commentating other things and it's weird to hear his voice because it's not just cycling. Yeah. He does some other sports and yeah. it's weird to hear his voice and it's yeah. like, oh, that's Phil. Yeah. And, uh, well, he's, he's so good at the cycling. Yeah. And of course, uh, what's his name? The, the, the guy, his sidekick is, he's a former cyclist. So he's, he understands the sport really, really well. And it comes across. So he comes across so well and so yeah. insightful. Anyway, that's another thing. I also want to talk about another underdog story that came out of the USA track championships. His name's Isaac Updike. He's, he's 31 years old. He's from Ketchikan, Alaska, which has a population of 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. Very small town there in Ketchikan, Alaska. Of course, he trains in Flagstaff, Arizona. He's not training there, but, um, he finished third in the steeplechase at, at the, at USA's. Um, this guy didn't run track in high school at all. And so, but he did run cross country, but he played soccer in the spring. And so he, but he decided that he wanted to run, um, in college. And so he just went out for the cross country team at Eastern Oregon. I think it was that he is, is where he went to, which is a small NAI school. And he went out, he ran cross country and then he decided, well, I'll run, I'll run track too. And so he ran, he went in out for the track team and, um, thought he would run track. Well, they're doing hurdle drills one day and the coach watches him do these hurdle drills, which everybody does, not just the hurdlers and said, you know, you look kind of comfortable with the, with the hurdles. Would you like to try the steeplechase? Cause apparently they didn't have any steeplechasers. And so he's like, now I'll try it. Sure. Well, now he's going to the world championships in the steeplechase. Mm. Because a coach just noticed. Pretty cool. We'll talk about underdogs. If you spend any time on Facebook, um, 
and the Run for God Run Club page, you know about the Christiansons. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Michelle on this podcast not too long ago, um, and she shared her story. She kind of has a natural talent for running. She ran in high school and stuff. And um, now we're going to share Seth's story. Mm-hmm. And Seth is her husband. And running is a little bit more of a struggle for him sure. than it is for her. She's super encouraging of him and, and makes a big difference. They're a great couple. Um, and the thing that I always think about when I see Seth and, and Seth is always smiling. Yeah. He just always seems to be just this jolly, happy guy. And I just, I love people like that. Yeah. We've so. had a chance to meet him a few yeah. times. Yep. Now. Yeah. Well, they brought cheese curds to the Hawkins town. I mean, that so. really captured our hearts. Which, yes. Cause I love cheese curds. Yes. Yes. So Seth and Michelle, next time you come, don't forget the cheese curds. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, this one is called when the tough gets, when the going gets tough, seek God. When it came time to start the 5K training, it was a cold, wintry evening. I thought to myself, well, it's now or never. So my wife, Michelle, and I dressed warm and out into the cold, icy, sub-zero January evening we went. With faces covered and gloves on, I thought to myself, what am I doing? Little did I know, that night was only the beginning for me and God working in me. Now, when the longer times of running started in the 5K training, I remember wanting to quit. If I recall, it was the 15 minutes of running. Mind you, I hadn't run that long for over 23 years. My lungs were on fire, legs were heavy, and I felt almost delirious. I was running so slow, I was basically running side to side and not getting far. My wonderful wife and daughter kept encouraging me to keep going. I recall praying and asking God for the strength to keep going because I didn't want to let them down. And I knew if I stopped, I would quit. Slowly, it was like I got over a big hill and was able to pick up the pace a bit and finish. Thank God. The rest of the 5K training had its ups and downs, but not as pivotal as the day we ran for 15 minutes. I was able to run for a mile and then two all leading up to my running my first 5K. Mind you, I had done some 5Ks, but could never run more than a few minutes before stopping. So it was April 2022, and we just couldn't make it to, to work to go down to Dalton for the Run for God 5K race. I was super bummed, but again, my wonderful wife had a plan for us to run a 5K here on the route we used for the Real Freedom Race in August. She had a few friends of ours come out to run with me and my daughter. Before I knew it, we were off as the four of us went out with with the wind at our backs. The first half mile was a breeze. Then the mile mark was behind us. And before I realized it, we were at the halfway turnaround. As we turned, I thought to myself, that wind is going to feel good. Boy, was I wrong. It was stronger than when we started out and felt like I was running in a wind tunnel. All I could do is pray as I felt like I was not going to make it with all the resistance. We made it to the two-mile mark, and I could see the three-mile mark. But as we rounded the bend, to my surprise, there was my wife with a whole group of our friends and family. And did they cheer? I felt a sense of energy and drive. I finished the race and finished well. There was such a rush of emotions that I actually ran a 5K. Thank God. You know, just a little while ago, uh, after when I was going through this this morning, I, I shot 
uh, Seth a message about a story on Facebook. And, and I saw that he actually just a few days ago, he just ran his first ever race by himself. Uh-uh. Michelle was doing some other race and he said it really, it didn't hit him until he got up the start line. He was like, this is the first one where I'm on my own. So it's, it's been fun to watch Seth's progress in this sport and, uh, how he just keeps overcoming things. Yeah, it really has. And I remember watching him. I mean, he was very transparent about his struggles during that yeah. 5k challenge because I remember it. And, uh, yeah. And, and that's the thing we, you know, we keep reminding people is, Sure, Seth is being transparent in the Facebook group, which is a safe group to do that. But what Seth may not understand, and so many people need to understand, is that Seth's story is encouraging somebody. There is somebody else that is dealing exactly mm-hmm. with exactly what Seth has dealt with in the past. And that's why it's so important that we need to tell our stories. You yeah. need to submit your story to us so we can tell it on here on this platform. Because somebody needs to hear it. And I have no doubt that there is somebody that is at the same place Seth was that looks like Seth who thinks they can't do it. And they're going to hear Seth's story and they're going to say, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. And that's that's the magic of what we do here. It is. It is. You know, he talks about the wind and turning around and going into the wind. I, you have this. Wind is a double-edged sword. I tell you what, I have a I have a problem with wind. When I get when I run into the wind, it always feels like you're just crawling when you run yeah. into the wind, right? It always feels like you've slowed down so much, and I always run too fast running back into the wind because I'm convincing myself that I'm not running fast enough. Yeah, you do that too. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, I mean, and I've I've come to learn, you know, when when I am running. I do a lot of it on Crow Road. And, and on Crow Road, many times, you know, the wind is coming out of the west and it's blowing down Crow Road. Yeah. So you go out and there's many times you can feel the wind on your back. And I've done this enough to know that if I can feel the wind through my shirt on my back heading out, it's going to be a rough toll back. And that's probably one of the roads you're talking about where – yeah. You turn around and it's like a freight train is hitting you in the face. And then you got those uphills coming back. And a lot of times I've just blown sky high yeah. by the time I get to the top of that hill coming back <laughs> because you got the wind and you got the hill and you're just, you've convinced yourself you're not doing enough. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, the wind can be tricky for sure. for sure. If you feel the wind on your back going out and you turn around, just know you're not going to go as fast as you think you should. Back. And that's okay because it's and about it's effort. Okay. It yeah. is. Proverbs four twelve. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. God honored my steps throughout the five k challenge. So, obviously, this is the book of wisdom, and and I had this picture in my head when I read this, um, and and it kind of brought me to trail running. You know, I've talked on here before that I don't like trail running because I wind up on the ground a lot of times. <laughs> but trail running, just like our walk with Christ, takes training, but it also takes wisdom. Um, and trail running, will you fall early on? Yes, but those falls become less and less frequent. I think you've talked about yeah. how you run trails and you don't fall near as much as you used to. Until 
you think you know everything. Yeah. And then that's when the ground reaches up and smacks you in the face. Yeah. And I think the word they use for that is, is hubris. Yeah. Hubris is, is self pride. And instead of trusting in the process that got you there, you start to trust in your own ability. It's mm-hmm. like, I can do this. And, and you, you think you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. It kind of takes me back to my bull riding days from years and years ago. You know, they always say in bull riding, if you're ever, if you ever crawl on the back of a bull and you're not scared, you need to quit. Yeah. And it's because when you're scared, all you have to rely on is what got you there. Yeah. And you're relying on your, your training. You're relying on your wisdom. And when that goes out the window, bad things are about to happen. But that's such a metaphor for trail running. Yeah. It's such a metaphor for our walk with Christ. You know, so many people, you know, uh, the passage that says you ran well, you ran well, but what hindered you? Something takes our eye off the ball and we, and a lot of times we put our focus on ourselves, and we think we know better. We think we're going to help God out. We take our eye off what got us to that great relationship with Christ. And this is where many people fall. It can happen to me. It can happen to you and it can happen to everybody listening if we don't keep our eye on what got us there. Yeah. And when hubris comes into our walk with Christ, that's a very dangerous place to be. But and and we see a lot of that these days. How many things have we learned over the last few years where the experts were yeah. wrong? Yeah. And why were the experts wrong? Because just exactly what you're talking about. It's it's not it this is this whole thing is talking about wisdom and they're they're kind of you assume that they have this wisdom and they assume they've had they have this wisdom. So what they think they make a lot of assumptions and then they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And we we have to be careful about who we follow and how we follow those things as well. Right. Not only do we need to be careful about our steps, sure, but we also have to be careful about, well, what are you following and what are you modeling yourself after? Because mm-hmm. um, very often those people who we look up to, there's only one we should look up to. Right. And, and if we're looking up to people, then they're, they're going to let you down at some point. Well, it, it's, it's why we have to stay in the word. You know, I've, I've said on here before, and this is kind of, it's kind of shocking when you hear it until you talk through it. But the time that I was at breakfast with my pastor and we were, um, talking about infidelity. And he said, I will never make the comment that I will never cheat on my wife. Because that is where hubris starts to come in. Yeah. When the word is I, that is where we start thinking it's in our power. The correct phrase is God willing, Lord willing, yeah. I will never cheat on my wife. It, when you start making comments like that, I've got this. <laughs> yeah. Crawling on the back of a bull and saying, I'm not scared. I've got this. Yeah. That means you're taking your eye off on what got you there. And, and when, yeah. when we take our eye off of scripture, which is what got you to where you are, if you're in a great relationship with Christ, 
scripture and talking to God is what got you there. When you start using the word I, you're you're not far from bad things can happen in that case. And that's why we we've got to stay plugged in. It's for the same reason that, you know, there's so many things that have taken hold in our society nowadays that go counter to what scripture says. How did that happen? How did it, how did those philosophies and theories sleep, slip into Christ followers homes? How? They we took our, we took our eyes mm-hmm. off of what we, we no longer contrast things to what the Bible says. Yep. Everything we do, say, look at, watch, live, do for hobbies should all be contrasted with what mm-hmm. the word of God says. And if it lines up, then great. Yep. But if it doesn't, be careful. Don't don't get hubris. Yeah. Don't think oh, well, it's no big deal. I mean, I do that. We all do. We it. all do that. But enough of those no big deals, and you get to some of the hot things in in society right now that is so counter Christ. That didn't happen overnight. Yep. That come as a result of a lot of it's no big deal. Yep. Yep. For sure. And one of the things that you'll find is as much as we've seen this debunking of all of these things that we've heard from in the past, there's one thing that's never been debunked, and that's anything in the Bible. You'll notice that as time goes on, as we make new discoveries, what we find is more evidence Mm -hmm. that the Bible is true. Mm -hmm. And it it just, again, talk about hubris. A lot of people are anti-Bible because they're like, well, that kid, you know, all that stuff can't be true. And they don't really look into it. They don't, but. Um, the Bible is always, always the standard. And he always uses this. And some people will say, well, you know, it doesn't say anything in the Bible about social media, right? But it does. <laughs> it, it does. It may not say social media. Mm-hmm. It might not say Facebook in the Bible, but it has, uh, wisdom in there to help Don't you with Don't compare yourself to others. That's right. Which is 80% of what we do on <laughs> social media. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, the Bible is the best how-to book on the planet. 1 Corinthians 9.24, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. God is the prize, and that's why we run, is what he follows up with. And I love it when somebody boils the Bible down to its basic simplicity. (laughs) God is the prize, period. There you go. Well, we can just end this podcast right there. That's it. And that's what I, that's what I actually sent Seth this morning a message is I love how he just pulls it down to the simplicity of what scripture is. Yeah. But in our society, we don't, we think everything's got to be complicated. The scripture's not. Yeah. (laughs) It's very simple. Yep. Yep. And this is, this scripture is not to say that only one person gets the prize. In other words, God or heaven or, or, you know, it's, it's just that we should train in such a way. We should look at our lives as striving to be the best model of Christ that we can be. And that, that's what we're, that's what we're supposed to do. And, you know, I kind of take this, this scripture for granted because this says, you know, do you, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? My my the way I'm wired is to go hard at everything. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody's wired that way, sure. right? But here's what's cool about the Bible. What's cool about the Bible is this scripture speaks to me because it gives me a good picture of kind of who I am. Well, there's other scriptures that speak to that person who's not 
I, I have to win everything. You know, that, that, for that person, um, they, they can find the, you know, maybe the, the scripture about rivers in the desert is something that speaks to them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're different. And there's something in there for all of us. You might have to dig a little bit to find the one that fits your personality, but there's something in there for all of us to keep us centered and focused and um, understanding that the Bible is there to to guide us. Habakkuk 3.19 The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. He says, God gave me strength when I needed it during the tough runs. So as soon as I saw this scripture verse, I thought, I, I was like, I know we've talked about this before. So I went back digging in the archives and thank God for the ability for your, your computer to search your documents. You know, so <laughs> I put in deer and I was like, I, I know I had some good stuff here. And so I went back in episode 86, we talked about a deer's foot. Do you remember this? Well, I, I talked about the deers kind of why this, why did they use my feet yeah. like the feet of a deer? Yeah. Why did, why did we use, why did scripture use deer? Why not elephant? Right. You know, or something else. Yeah. But it's because a deer's hoof is pretty remarkable. Um, they are actually one of the most sure footed animals out there. And I'm just regurgitating this from episode 86. Yeah. And the reason is their outer nail is hard and sharp, and that provides traction on soft or wet surfaces. It's also the deer's primary weapon. You know, if, if something is attacking a deer, it can it can cut it wide open with its front hoofs. But the inner nail is soft and padded, allowing it traction on hard surfaces. So that's why when you see a deer run across a road, they're not just slipping all over the place. Yeah. They they can run across a road like on pavement or concrete, so they're they're sure footed in wet, soft places, and they're sure footed on pavement or concrete, which is very rare. Um, the back of the hoof is known as the dew claw, which allows a broader base when needed in snow or mud. So so we've got soft, we've got snow, we've got mud, we've got concrete. So a deer's foot basically consists of a weapon, snowshoes, running shoes, and track spikes all in one. <laughs> and that is why Habakkuk, it says, like the feet of a deer. And it's because the, the Lord is that. He's all things to everybody. And if we lean on him, we have all those things in our arsenal. We, we can... We can be ready no matter what comes our way, just like a deer is ready no matter what comes its way, but it's simply its foot. I mean, it shows you that the genius of God's design is that one thing that we just, you think, why is he talking about a deer? Well, let's, let's drill down on that. And that's just another thing that points to this didn't happen by accident. Yeah. There was intelligent design behind that foot and there's only one place to point to yeah. and it's Christ it's God yeah that's pretty cool the other thing about deer too is deer, deer are always on the alert aren't they mm-hmm. I mean they always know something's going on around them their, their heads on a swivel right and if, if we were more that way really protecting our testimony and things we, we'd be all be better off wouldn't we yeah how about a question 
Why haven't you started the 5K challenge? Well, just get right to the point, Seth. That's, that's, <laughs> there can't get more direct than that. Um, so why hasn't everyone started the 5K challenge at this point? Or at least one of the challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard anybody get through with the 5K challenge or, or one of our challenges and say, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, people are always happy that they did it. Um, so let's, let's throw this out another way. Yes, you should try the 5K challenge if you've ever thought about it. But what else is God asking you to do, right? What's that thing that God has for you? Seth is asking, why haven't you started the 5K challenge? But what else is there out there? You know, what, what else can you do? You know, for me, the 5K challenge is not much of a challenge, mm-hmm. right? But I volunteered to help. You know, we have a new school going on, going in Cahuta, a new private school. And I volunteered to help with the physical education aspect of what they're doing. That's outside of anything I've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're going to prescribe running? So yeah. for, of course, every day. <laughs> uh, no, but, but developing kind of a PE curriculum yeah. is pretty challenging for me. Sure. And so that's, that's my challenge, right? So what is that thing out there? That God is kind of saying, Hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you encourage this person? What is that thing? What does God want you to do? Mm-hmm. Another question. What, what's your reason for not taking the first step? So I, <clears throat> I love the question that you hear this sometimes and it kind of goes to, to the 5k challenge or getting in shape or whatever it is. So many people think, well, I'm too late to the game. And you hear this question a lot, and I love it. It says, when is the best time to plant a tree? When Today. Is, well, is, it was no, 40 years ago. It was 30 years ago. Yeah. But when is the second best time to plant a tree? Today. Today. Yeah. When is the best time? When, when was the best time to start getting in shape? Early in your life. Mm-hmm. When's the second best time? Today. Yep. So kind of to, to keep it simple, like Seth does, Quit thinking about it. If you're listening to this podcast and you're making all these excuses of, I'm too old. Well, there's a good chance that Dean is older than you. If we're just looking at statistics. Reasonable not saying, chance. Not yeah. saying anything about you, Dean. <laughs> but yes, it would have probably have been better 30 years ago to start. But the second best, I mean the second best time to start. Right it's today. Yeah. So quit. Quit thinking. Quit thinking you're too old. You you can't do it. Don't stop thinking of all the reasons you can't start re- thinking of the reasons you can. And I'd say the two biggest reasons why people don't do it. One, the first one is fear, right? Mm-hmm. People don't do it because they they fear whatever. You know, it's too hard or it you know, for whatever reason you have this fear of maybe not being able to complete it. Well, just remember fear is not from God, right? Mm-hmm. Keep keep that in mind. Um, we just talked about that a few weeks ago on this very podcast. So that's number one. And then number two is time. A lot of times people say, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And as I've always said, mm-hmm. there have been presidents of the United States who find time to run. If they can find time to run, so can you. Mm-hmm. So the excuse, there aren't, there aren't any excuses that we're buying. You make time for what you yep. prioritize. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so get out there and get it done. Last question. What's the worst that could happen when you trust God and his plan? I can physically see Seth just asking this to somebody and then staring at him. 
What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. The simplicity of that question is yeah, is great. Yeah. Well, you know what I like to ask instead of saying what's the worst that can happen is I like to think I like to turn it around and say what's the best thing that can happen. Because mm-hmm. very often, if we'll look at it, if if we'll ask ourselves that question. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll change the way we look at everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What's the, what's the worst that can happen if you try the 5k challenge? Well, I don't know that that makes a difference when you think, well, what's the best that can happen? Well, I can run a 5k. I never thought I could do that. Maybe I can. Mm-hmm. Well, there, do you need to go any further than that? I mean, Seth's story and the Facebook post that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast are two examples of that. Mm-hmm. These are these are people that never thought in a million years they would be doing this at this point in their life, and yet they're doing it. And you you don't, I don't know anybody who has completed the five k challenge and said, "Man, I wish I wouldn't have done that." Right? Have you? I don't. Have you ever heard them never. say that? I've nope. never heard that. Nope. Nope. So, yeah, whatever. If you're out there and you're you've thought about it, you need to you need to just go ahead and do it. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. So this crazy thing happened in Russia. This submarine commander was was killed. Uh, you know, you got the war and all that stuff going on over there. And I don't pretend to know anything that's going on. I'm not making a comment about the, the war between Russia and Ukraine, anything like that. But apparently he was shot while he was running. Okay, and that's why I bring this up. You know how they found him? You know how they figured out where he was running? Strava. So he posts his runs. It's not funny, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he posts his runs on Strava. And so I don't know if it was, they were actually tracking him as he was going or if it was one of those things. I don't know if you can do that or if it was just they, he ran the same route every day. Uh, but I'm not advocating, you know, that any, or talking about what we do with our, our Strava or anything, but be careful out there with what you do. Be, be, just be smart. I'm not saying we shouldn't be on Strava and we should certainly. I mean, I'm on Strava and, and, and all of that, but um, there are ways to control certain things. But if you're a submarine commander and you know people could be looking for you, that's a bad idea, right? Yeah, I, and I've, I've been alarmed. And I, I want to say I actually reached out to a lady one time uh, that I know in our community who I think I did. I can't remember if I just didn't want to say anything, but she was evidently, a, I don't know if they still do it, but at one time with Garmin, you could post your runs live. Like uh-huh. people could track you. Yeah. And she was doing this on social media. And I don't know. I just got a really bad feeling that she was a, a younger lady. Yeah. And you could track her running live, yeah. which yeah. 
That just seems like a very bad idea to me. Yeah. I, I really am surprised that, and I guess Garmin does it because like in races and things, it's, it's an yeah. opportunity to right. family or whatever. I get it, but I'm sure there's some privacy settings and having it wide open to the public is not a good idea. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Just be careful out there. You know, what struck me the most about this though in, is that, um, you know, all the people we talk about, whether we talk about them positively or negatively, these are all real people. This is a real guy, had a real family, you know, and, and we may not like the Russian people, but we got to be careful not to minimize people in sure. general, right? So it's really easy to not like the Russian military guy, but I was thinking about this from, from my standpoint, from a Christian standpoint, and how we should look at people and things like that. And the example I would give is Shakari Richardson. You know, she's a runner. She's a sprinter for the United States. Very flamboyant. She won the USA 100-meter championship. She's very hard to like because she's, let's just say her behavior is is not, not Christian. But at, the same, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. she's pointing at the sky like, you know, and it, it's just, it's, it's cringe for me yeah. as, a, as a Christian. And so what I wind up doing is I wind up rooting against her. Mm-hmm. And that's not good either, right? So I think we just have to be careful the way we look We look at people. Now, I was – it's okay. For example, uh, she got beat in the 200 meters by Gabby Thomas. Well, I love Gabby Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I just do. I, was, I would be rooting for her no matter who she was running against. And so I like Gabby Thomas. And so – but I got to be careful about looking at am I rooting – for Gabby Thomas or against Shakari Richardson. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be rooting for bad things for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we see it, I see it in kids sports, you know, sure. where somebody's glad when a kid does something bad. Now it's okay to cheer when your team does well, but we ought to be careful with all that, right? The way we look at things. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up because it, it all, <laughs> it all hinged on this Strava thing. Mm-mm. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, have you ever thought, man, I just don't understand why the Israelites acted the way they did way back in Moses' day? We've all thought it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this story is called Modern Day Israelites. When we read the Exodus story from the Bible, we are often confused by the acts of the Israelites. They had been held captive for 400 years in Egypt and were often mistreated, especially just before they left for the promised land. On their journey, they experienced some of the most powerful miracles ever performed. It is hard to imagine what happened at the Red Sea, for example. Having food provided for them every day is so incredible that it boggles our mind. There were so many miracles. But then we read that despite the incredible things God was doing right in front of their eyes, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Our customary next thought is, we would never do that. But I see people doing something very similar on a smaller scale all the time. You see, what the Israelites were doing is something we do all the time. We weigh our perceived options and make decisions based on our perceptions. Reality doesn't always mean a lot. History seems to matter little. We do it with running or walking all the time. We go out to run, and it's hard, so the options we have in front of us are that we can either A, keep torturing ourselves, or B, go sit on the couch and eat ice cream. (laughs) Okay, it might not be that extreme, but it's not far off base either. So what are we missing in our options? 
Well, how about the fact that we'll probably sleep better after exercise? Or maybe we don't think about how much healthier we'll be if we string together enough of these runs. Perhaps the fact that we will have a leaner body slips our mind in the heat of the moment. Yeah, we're modern-day Israelites for sure. Just as surely as the children of Israel discounted the value of the parting of the Red Sea, we tend to discount the value of a good run or walk. Is it is the run or walk as flashy and impactful as the miracle from God? Well, maybe not, but it's every bit as evident. There's no question in hindsight that the Israelites should have trusted God after what they had seen. But we also know, because there are thousands of studies to prove it, that exercise is good for us. Both are well-known facts. The Bible says that we should trust God and follow Him. The Israelites were not doing that when they were grumbling in the wilderness, were they? But the Bible also tells us to take care of our bodies. Not only that, we cannot efficiently carry out the things we need to do as followers of Christ unless we're in good enough condition to do it. Yep, we're definitely modern-day Israelites. Some people say that we don't have enough fire and brimstone preaching these days. The idea is that we need a healthy level of fear. It makes sense. And it doesn't sound crazy to think that it might help our faith to hear a little more of that kind of sermon. In a similar way, I think it could be motivating to us if we thought more about 1 Corinthians 9, 25-27. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what, sh- what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. It's funny, isn't it? A little fear about the right thing goes a long way towards helping us to be the best advocate for God we can be. But too much fear about the wrong things can completely derail us. It is definitely a good thing to look back and see what God has done in our lives. It can help us focus on staying close to God. But when that doesn't seem to be enough and we start weighing our perceptions rather than our history, we could use a little dose of the fear of God. We won't always see our past clearly. But if we can learn anything from the Israelites, it is that as soon as we realize what we're doing wrong, All we have to do is turn back to God, and he is faithful to carry us where he wants us to go. It's a great story, Dean. Great job. That was a little bit different than what I normally write, but it's not looking at the positive side of things is is just it's exactly what the Israelites were doing. Again, I'm not comparing the two and saying one's as important as the other for sure, but they're very similar, aren't Mm -hmm. they? Um, despite all the Israel, the, the evidence, the Israelites kind of went off the rails mm-hmm. with, with what they were doing. Um, and despite all the evidence of that running and walking is good for us, we put it off. We don't do it. We don't want to, we don't want, you know, we, it's hard. Uh, and both have bad consequences. So, um, you know, I think the idea of you don't know until you know when it comes to getting healthy, it, <laughs> We talk about Dave Ramsey on here every now and then, but it, it reminds me of something that Dave Ramsey always does to make his point about paying off debt. And, and this is kind of humorous, but it's it's not. I mean, it's and it goes right along with getting healthy. You know, someone will call in to the Dave Ramsey show, and let's say they've got the money to pay off their house, and they're just struggling with 
whether to pay off their house and they're calling Dave to get his advice and they're like, I've, you know, I owe $50,000 on my house and I've got $60,000 in the bank, but I just don't know whether I should pay my house off. And they're asking Dave and he says, pay your house off. And he's, the reason he says is no one ever regretted paying their house off. No one. I've never had somebody call in and say, man, Dave, you, you just steered me wrong. I paid my house off and I hate it. And he said, if you are that one person, guess what? They make mortgages every day. You can go back down to the bank and get a mortgage <laughs> on your house when you don't really need it. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of humorous and it's kind of, you know, um, I don't know what to call it, but it goes right along with, with running. Yeah. You know, People are so, oh, sh- should I do it? The answer is obvious. Yes. I have $60,000 in the bank. Should I pay my house off? The answer is yes. Go for it. Do it. It's just like getting healthy. And the same thing applies. If, if you get healthy and feeling the best you've ever felt in your life and you completely hate it, then you can stop. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Nobody point. ever got to that point and said, man, we've never had a phone call. From somebody that went through the 5K challenge and they say, man, I really hated that. I, I really wish you wouldn't have steered in, me that way. I'm in way too good a shape. I'm now. in way too good a shape. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So when you're looking, if you're on the beginning of this process and you're looking ahead, like you said earlier, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Yep. It's all beneficial, but we put these roadblocks, hurdles, society puts them in our head, but they're not really there. It's like, I, you know, I just don't, I don't want to have a good relationship with Christ because it might hamper my lifestyle. I've heard that before. I don't know of anybody who, I've never heard Billy Graham in all of his 50 years, 80 years, how many ever years mm-hmm. it was, I never one time heard him say, man, this living close to God really hampers my lifestyle. Sure wish I'd have been an alcoholic. Sure instead. wish I'd have been a drug dealer. So whatever. <laughs> it do, it's 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 kind of like we talked about here a while back, and I'm trying to think the example. We put these things in. We have these things in our head that aren't real. And you talked about some kind of animal. It was, and you could. You, this guy heard all these different animals. Oh, the wolves. The wolves. Yeah. Heard all these wolves, and come to find out, it was one. Yeah. Yeah. And. And and even that one wasn't even there. You know, it's it's it, we 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 paint these pictures mm-hmm. of all the bad that can happen from being closer to Christ, paying off debt, getting healthy. Yeah, but there is no downfall to any of them. But we we put these things in our head and we just suck ourselves out, and we need to stop it. Yep. Things are black and white very often. They are, just yep. like Seth up there. That's why I love the questions he asks because it's they're not ambiguous. They're yeah. Why aren't you doing this? Yep. And then just, that's that's what we need to do when we start meeting people and they're saying, "I just you know I can't do it." We need to just say, "Why?" And then just look at them because <laughs> you can talk <laughs> yeah. yourself out of anything. Yep. But if somebody's just giving you that blank stare and they're like, "Nope, that." That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Because all the reasons we give for not getting healthy don't make sense. Yeah. All the reasons we give for not getting close to Christ don't make sense. Period. Period.
As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you are looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. Every week, I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And uh, this is this week's. The only comparison that matters to a runner or even a walker is yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's comparing ourselves to yesterday. A big part of the reason why we do it is to be more fit tomorrow than we are today. So we're constantly comparing ourselves to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that we are as runners. And I think that's an awesome thing because... Um, I love watching the fast guys. I mean, I watched the USA's. I loved watching that, and that's great. But I'm not comparing myself to them. Mm-hmm. I'm comparing myself to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not comparing myself also to myself 40 years ago because that would be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But but I compare myself. But for to, some people, it's encouraging. That's right. That's right. It depends on the person. So, yeah. but, but make your comparison to yourself right, right? Sure. I just want to be the best 57-year-old me I can be at this point. And, uh, and hopefully that's what I'm doing. Well, again, we had those USA championships recently, but, uh, there were other things going on too. So I'll tell you about this race. This was awesome. You would love this. So at the British trials, they ran the hundred meters in an absolute downpour. That's awesome. I mean, they didn't cancel it. They didn't cancel it. I mean, the, the cameras, it was like, it looked all fuzzy because it was raining so hard. That's it awesome. was awesome. And Zarnell Hughes runs 10.03 in those conditions. I mean, every step was a big puddle, right? It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> he was walking on water, literally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was pretty cool. But anyway, this guy and Zarnell Hughes, you know, he came, he's come out of nowhere. Somebody asked him the other day about, you know, well, you've, you've kind of come out of nowhere. And he's like, no, no. I've been working for a long time. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you're just noticing, mm-hmm. right? That was pretty cool. So, uh, now they had the 800 meters at the British trials was on, on a nice day. And I was watching the replay of that and it was so cool. So this Max Bergen guy goes out and he runs 49 seconds for the first lap. So he goes out. Too fast. But that's the way he likes to run. He likes to get out front. He gets out there, and he's leading this whole race. And after that first lap, he actually lengthens his lead and gets out to 10, 11 meters out in front of of second place. And it looks like he's going to hold on. And then with 100 meters to go, all of a sudden, the guys behind him start closing that gap. Well, they came down to the finish line, and right at the finish line, about two steps before the finish line, you could see it. Max Bergen's legs, they they just gave out. He was just done. He just couldn't run another step. And he just stumbled across the line. The other two guys just did beat him. There were three hundredths of a second between first and third. They just, everything all happened all at one time, those three guys. And, but it was such a great picture to watch a guy just completely just do everything empty he could himself. do. Yes. I mean, he was completely empty. It was really, really cool. So, of course, we had the USA's too that were that were fun to watch. I mentioned I stayed up every night, didn't sleep well. One of the interesting stories was uh, a thing Mo. You know, a thing Mo is the eight hundred meter world champion. Mm-hmm. She's uh, and she's run really well, but um, 
they had her. She's got a bye to world championships. So Where is she, she originally from? Because obviously, I think Mo is. I can't remember. She's. What yeah, she, yeah, she's from, yeah, she's from, I can't remember where she's from. So how does that work that she's running the U.S. championships? Has she become a citizen of the she, U.S.? She, I think she was, she's born in the United States. Oh, she was born in the yeah, U.S. Yeah. Okay. But, but her, yeah, but her folks okay, are that's from. That's deceiving, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she, she, so she's the 800 meter champion. So she's automatically got a buy mm. in the 800 meters to world championships. So she didn't have a need to run it at the USA. Championships. So instead, her coach enters her in the fifteen hundred meters. Which is the cool thing about the U.S. Championships is, yeah, if you're the best in it, you don't run that, and you can we can see what these people do in other yeah places. Which you would think with her, she would run the four hundred meters mm-hmm. because she actually up until recently held the the collegiate NCAA. Uh, record for the fastest 400 meters. Mm. So you would think, well, she's a 400 meter runner, but they, her coach put her in the 1500 meters and everybody's like, his name's Kersey. And, and they're all, they're just, they're giving him a hard time telling what a moron he is basically for But do you her think she meters. would, she would stand a chance against Sydney? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, yeah. She's, you think she would beat her? I don't know. I, I don't know. Probably she wouldn't have beat her at the, in the championship. Well, that's why I'm wondering if, if, that came into their decision making. Well, Sydney's over there. Let's go over here. Well, two things. First of all, what's, what's interesting, what's, what's really interesting about that is that they have the same coach. Same. So it probably came into coach. his thinking. But no, I think what he was doing was he's trying to make her stronger mm. and he put her in the, well, in the 1500 meters, she finished second. She mm. almost won it. She got past like five meters before the finish line. She was leading the whole thing. For the whole time. I mean, she ran great. She ran 403. She ran a seven second PR. Wow. And just, I mean, she's, she's obviously both a good 400 meter runner and a good 1500 meter runner, which you never see. I don't, she's a unicorn. I mean, there, there, mm-hmm. nobody can do that, but I think Mo can. And so, uh, it was really, really cool to see. But to my point, you wonder how many, Unicorns that are out there that we just don't know about because they never because they, they never, never have the opportunity to do that. What a great point! Yeah, what a great point. Well, if you mentioned Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni. You know she's we, she's we, awesome. We love her. She's so open in her faith, and that's that's pretty awesome. And she won the four hundred meters, and she was four hundredths of a second off the the United States record. Yeah, and she, uh, she didn't just win. She, she won by a lot. Like she does the. The hurdles. And it's not even her event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what she decides. She hasn't decided yet what she's going to do at World Championships. Whether she's going to do both or she's going to do one or the other. We, we don't know. Whether she's going to do the 400 Because she was, I mean, it, you wonder how much more there was in there because she, she did win it in such commanding fashion. She didn't have anybody pushing her, really. Yeah. So what could she do if she had... I sure would like to see it. Yeah. I'm hoping she decides. So in the World Championships, is there enough separation... I think, the 400 you the I think you can you double. I think you can double on those two. I think so. Yeah, that yeah. would be really cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. And um, what is what is kind of you have to wonder the girl that got second. You know that is her event. Yeah, and to get beat by somebody that it's not their event. Well, or it, was it? No, interestingly, the girl who got second actually is also a four hundred meter hurdler. Oh, okay. She, she's the NCAA. So even worse, number three. <laughs> she's the NCAA record holder in both the 400 meter hurdles and the 400 meters. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it was neat to watch, but when they got through, they took these three ladies 
And they, they were all sitting on the track. <laughs> you know, Sydney sits down on the track when she gets done. And not even breathing. Drives me I crazy when, when she does that, but she does. And they're interviewing her sitting on the track and all three of the ladies there, they're all giving glory to God. They're yeah. all very open in their faith. And it was really cool to see. It made me wonder if Sydney being there had an impact on the other two or if the other two would have been that way anyway. And I don't want to take away from no. what they said at all. But it makes me wonder if she influences them in any way as well. But uh, but all three of them. So our women's four four hundred meter team at World Championships, we, we got to got to root for them yeah. for sure. All right, how about a trivia question for this week? This one is very is is pretty current. Something crazy took place this year at the Badwater one hundred one thirty five ultra marathon. Actually, more than one thing went crazy. Name one of them. How do I not know this? I don't know. I'm a fan of that race, but uh, I know, and it's it's definitely different. It's definitely different. So uh, I have to go dig that one up. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't too long ago, was it? No, it wasn't. So check that out, Badwater 135 Ultra Marathon. The cool thing about that race is that it runs through Death Valley, and uh, and then finishes on top of a mountain. So uh, it's is it you you. What is it? You go from the lowest, lowest to the highest point. On the yeah, lowest point. Is it? It's not in the country. In the continental United States. Continental United States. Yeah, yeah. it's the lowest point in the continental United States to the highest point in one race. Yeah, I think that's right. Something like that. Yeah, but it's it's, yeah, it's a tough race. (laughs) It's a tough every 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 condition that you can think of. Yeah, topography, heat. I mean, you have to run on the white line so your shoes don't melt yep. at, at certain times. Yep. I don't know if that happened this year, but um, it's cool. I'm going to have to go look that up. Check that out. And when you find that answer, if you're the first one to send that to Dean at runforgod.com, you will win a $20 discount code to the Run For God store. And you have to send that. We, we used to say this all the time, but we need to remind people. It has to be sent to Dean at runforgod.com, yep. not Facebook Messenger, not yep. customer service. Dean at runforgod.com That's is right. where you need to send that answer. That's right. All right. Let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. I like this. This comes from Thomas Jefferson. He said, if you want to do something you you never had, you have to do something you've never done. Hmm. That's true. That's good. Yeah. Very simple. Again, that's the theme of the podcast. Sounds like that could be a Seth's quote. That's right. (laughs) Did Thomas get the, did Thomas Jefferson get this from, from Seth maybe? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the opposite of that. Right. Right? All right. 175 episodes of this podcast. It is doing well. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. If you're tuning in um, every week, we so appreciate it. The numbers are going up. Yeah. And there's only one reason for that. And it's because people are sharing it and liking it, giving a review. Do all those things. If you want to help us out. Yep. That is a way to do it yep. um, because this podcast is growing. We're, we're, we kind of scratch our head, <laughs> but thank you yep. for listening. 100%. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. 
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.